You can run under his covering of majesty and hide. His arms of faithfulness are a shield, keeping you from harm. You will never worry about an attack of demonic forces at night, nor have to fear a spirit of darkness coming against you. Don't fear a thing. Whether by day or by night, demonic danger will not trouble you, nor will the powers of evil be launched against you. Even in a time of disaster with thousands and thousands being killed, you will remain unscathed and unharmed. You will be a spectator as the wicked perish in judgment, for they will be paid back for what they have done. When we live our lives within the shadow of God Most High, our secret hiding place, we will always be shielded from harm. How then could evil prevail against us or disease infect us? God sends angels with special orders to protect you wherever you go, defending you from all harm. If you walk into a trap, they'll be there for you and keep you from stumbling. You'll even walk unharmed among the fiercest powers of darkness, trampling every one of them beneath your feet. For here is what the Lord has spoken to me. Because you loved me, delighted in me, and have been loyal to my name, I will greatly protect you. I will answer your cry for help every time you pray, and you will feel my presence in your time of trouble. I will deliver you and bring you honor. I will satisfy you with a full life and with all that I do for you, for you will enjoy the fullness of my salvation. When you abide under the shadow of Shaddai, you are hidden in the strength of God Most High. He's the hope that holds me and the stronghold to shelter me, the only God for me and my great confidence. He will rescue you from every hidden trap of the enemy. He will protect you from false accusation and any deadly curse. His massive arms are wrapped around you, protecting you. You can run under his covering of majesty and hide. His arms of faithfulness are a shield, keeping you from harm. You will never worry about an attack of demonic forces at night, nor have to fear a spirit of darkness coming against you. Don't fear a thing. Whether by day or by night, demonic danger will not trouble you, nor will the powers of evil be launched against you. Even in a time of disaster with thousands and thousands being killed, you will remain unscathed and unharmed. You will be a spectator as the wicked perish in judgment, for they will be paid back for what they have done. When we live our lives within the shadow of God Most High, our secret hiding place, we will always be shielded from harm. How then could evil prevail against us or disease infect us? God sends angels with special orders to protect you wherever you go, defending you from all harm. If you walk into a trap, they'll be there for you and keep you from stumbling. You'll even walk unharmed among the fiercest powers of darkness, trampling every one of them beneath your feet. For here is what the Lord has spoken to me. Because you loved me, delighted in me, and have been loyal to my name, I will greatly protect you. I will answer your cry for help every time you pray, and you will feel my presence in your time of trouble. I will deliver you and bring you honor. I will satisfy you with a full life and with all that I do for you, for you will enjoy the fullness of my salvation. When you abide under the shadow of Shaddai, you are hidden in the strength of God Most High. He's the hope that holds me and the stronghold to shelter me, the only God for me and my great confidence. He will rescue you from every hidden trap of the enemy. He will protect you from false accusation and any deadly curse. 
His massive arms are wrapped around you, protecting you. You can run under his covering of majesty and hide. His arms of faithfulness are a shield, keeping you from harm. You will never worry about an attack of demonic forces at night, nor have to fear a spirit of darkness coming against you. Don't fear a thing. Whether by day or by night, demonic danger will not trouble you, nor will the powers of evil be launched against you. Even in a time of disaster with thousands and thousands being killed, you will remain unscathed and unharmed. You will be a spectator as the wicked perish in judgment, for they will be paid back for what they have done. When we live our lives within the shadow of God Most High, our secret hiding place, we will always be shielded from harm. How then could evil prevail against us or disease infect us? God sends angels with special orders to protect you wherever you go, defending you from all harm. If you walk into a trap, they'll be there for you and keep you from stumbling. You'll even walk unharmed among the fiercest powers of darkness, trampling every one of them beneath your feet. For here is what the Lord has spoken to me. Because you loved me, delighted in me, and have been loyal to my name, I will greatly protect you. I will answer your cry for help every time you pray, and you will feel my presence in your time of trouble. I will deliver you and bring you honor. I will satisfy you with a full life and with all that I do for you, for you will enjoy the fullness of my salvation. When you abide under the shadow of Shaddai, you are hidden in the strength of God Most High. He's the hope that holds me and the stronghold to shelter me, the only God for me and my great confidence. He will rescue you from every hidden trap of the enemy. He will protect you from false accusation and any deadly curse. His massive arms are wrapped around you, protecting you. You can run under his covering of majesty and hide. His arms of faithfulness are a shield, keeping you from harm. You will never worry about an attack of demonic forces at night, nor have to fear a spirit of darkness coming against you. Don't fear a thing. Whether by day or by night, demonic danger will not trouble you, nor will the powers of evil be launched against you. Even in a time of disaster with thousands and thousands, is being killed, you will remain unscathed and unharmed. You will be a spectator as the wicked perish in judgment, for they will be paid back for what they have done. When we live our lives within the shadow of God Most High, our secret hiding place, we will always be shielded from harm. How then could evil prevail against us or disease infect us? Good morning, everyone. Welcome to Victor Christian Fellowship. Happy Mother's Day to all the mothers. We're just going to honor God today and experience His presence and His joy in this place. Heavenly Father, we're so grateful and thankful that You are such an awesome God and You interact with us, Lord. You came to where we are. And Lord, we give You the glory and the honor and the praise. That is, do your name, and we just bless you today, in Jesus' name, amen. <clears throat> Let's worship the Lord today. Amen. Let's stand together this morning. You are good, and your mercy endureth forever. Lord, you are good, and your mercy endureth forever.
So, so 
communicate to us now. The love that I have for you will never fail. It will never falter. It can hold up under anything. So trust in my love. Receive my love and walk in my love, for I have given it to you abundantly. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Well, you may have your seats. What a great day to be in church. Amen. We're going to honor mothers. We're going to have communion today. So Pastor Nelson is going to come and uh, lead us in communion. Praise the Lord. This is my fifth day of church, so I'm excited. Hallelujah. You know, serving God is not boring, let me tell you that. Hallelujah. Good morning, family. That we serve an awesome God, don't we? Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Yes, today is communion. I'm going to ask you to go back to the tables and get your, your bread and your juice a while. Father, we're just thanking you, thanking you, thanking you, thanking you. For you are glorious, Father. You're mighty indeed. And you are the highest of all. And you are the great I am. You are worthy, worthy, worthy. Father, we thank you for your son, Jesus, sitting on your right hand. 
doing the things for us to be with you. Are you thanking you, Holy Spirit, for coming here, breathing on this place? And we're thanking you with your fire, your rain. We praise you, praise you, praise you. Thanking you, Father, for you made us in your image. And we thanking you. Thanking you. Mm. Thanking you, Father, for your great, great love. We praise you, Jesus. Praise you. Hallelujah. 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 Mm. Worthy, worthy, worthy. Holy, holy, holy are you. Yes. Yes. We raise our hands and worship you, Father. We thank you. Yes. Thank you, Father. You are the good, good Father. Mm. There is no one like you. There is none. Because you bring victory to us. We praise you. Praise you, praise you. Thanking you, Father. Yes. Father, you have such a mighty son. And he willingly went to the cross for us. He spilled his blood for us so we could be with you to eternity. We praise you, praise you, praise you. Thank you, Jesus. Yes. Yes. So we're heading into Ephesians 5.1. And it says, therefore, be imitators of God, copy him, and follow his example as well. Beloved children, imitate their father. In John 6, 51, he says, I am the living bread which came down from heaven. If any man eats of this bread, he shall live forever. And bread I will give to him is my flesh, in which I give to him, give him life of the world. And it says, the Lord's Supper is much more than just a religious tradition. It symbolizes everything Jesus did for us at Calvary. And it said when you partake in this cup, representing the blood, you're remembering that Jesus delivered us from sin. And when you eat the bread, representing this body, you are acknowledging the physical and spiritual torment he went through. He endured for, for us. And he takes away the worries and cares and fears of the world. All sickness and disease and every part of the curse he took of. And we are healed. And we are redeemed. And we are delivered from the authorities of darkness. And we are the head and not the tail. And we are above and not beneath. We are the victor and not the victim. And we will prosper in all things. And we praise you, Father. Yes. In 1 Corinthians eleven twenty-three through 25, that the Lord Jesus, the same night in which he was betrayed, he took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take this and eat it, for this is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. So take and eat And after the same manner, as he took the cup, and he stepped from it, 
saying, this is the cup. This is the New Testament, and, and the blood is... is and do this as often as you drink it. Remember, it's to me, take and drink. Yes, Father. Mm. Father, you are glorious. And we thank you, Jesus, because you willingly went to the cross for us. And you did it. For such love that you have for us. You endured it all for us. Mm. You went above all. And we praise you. We're thanking you, Father. What a great, great sense you have. And what a great God that we have. Thanking you, Jesus. Thanking you. Amen. You know, I was impressed to tell you that, um, you know, there's a story in the Gospels about a man sitting at the pool of Bethesda, and he said an angel would stir up the water at a certain time, and whoever got in uh, would get healed. The Lord said that water is stirred, and you don't have to put, have someone put you in. Everyone's invited. Amen. So get in the pool Thank and get Lord. healed. Yes. Thank you, Father. So we're going to make a declaration about the blood now. Let's make our confession of faith. There is power in the blood of Jesus. His blood contains the life and love of God. The blood of Jesus is more precious than silver and gold, for he is the unblemished and spotless Lamb of God. Through his blood we are forgiven, and we have been fully redeemed from sin. The blood of Jesus is a shelter of divine protection all around us, and we are kept safe from our enemy. We have faith in the blood of God's Son because it freed us from the guilt of sin. It makes us acceptable to God and grants us eternal life. Jesus, filled with the fullness of God, has reconciled us to himself and given us peace through the blood of his cross. Through Christ's blood, we receive mercy, we are born again, we have a living hope, and we have obtained an inheritance from God. The blood of Christ through the eternal Holy Spirit has cleansed our consciences from dead works and has enabled us to serve the ever-living God. We can confidently and freely enter God's throne room by the blood of Jesus. We can come before God in truth sincerity, and confident faith. Jesus granted us access to this holy place when he died on the cross. We overcome the accusations of the devil by the blood of the Lamb and our own personal testimony. At Victory, our vision is to reach out beyond our walls with the message of salvation, hope, and inheritance, to proclaim the uncompromising word of God, to build a strong body of believers, and to encourage relationships in a loving atmosphere. We activate God's Word to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. At Victor Christian Fellowship, we are inheriting God's promises and experiencing their benefits. Amen.
Happy Mother's Day. All the mamas in the natural and all the mamas in the spiritual. We have spiritual children. We have natural children. Amen. So I welcome you today to Victory Christian Fellowship. We're glad to see each one of you here. After service, we'll have some celebration. There's a free gift for all the mamas, natural and spiritual mamas, even the young ladies, all the, all the females in the house. <laughs> There's a gift in the cove here for you. And we'll also have some snacks because we're also celebrating Pastor Doug and Dr. Fiona's 26th wedding anniversary. Hallelujah. Yes. So thank you for joining us in that celebration. And then we're also congratulating our graduates. This is graduation season. So congratulations to the graduates at VCF. And next Sunday, May 21st, invite your friends, powerful, passionate evangelist, Reverend Stephen Hoffman will be in the house. Hallelujah. That's at 10 o'clock, Sunday morning next week, May 21st. We've crossed the halfway point of May next week. (laughs) And then this week we have our regular... um, This generation on Tuesday is our middle school outreach to the Palmyra Area Middle School. That happens Tuesdays 125 to 225 this week and next week, and then the school year's done. We've completed our first year in the middle school. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. And then Tuesday evenings is when we have our youth group meeting called New Generation Air Force. That's ages 12 and up to the mid-20s, somewhere around there. And uh, we uh, have a wonderful time at 6 o'clock. We start with food and fellowship and fun, right? And then we have faith and fire (laughs) and more fire. Yeah, that's right. And and then some more fire. So, um, yes, come on out to that, youth, on Tuesday evenings. We have Wednesday night refreshing at 6.30. You want to be here and be refreshed? And I think I remembered everything. All right. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Pastor Nadine. I wanted to say a couple words, you know. I guess in in some places on Mother's Day, the uh, a woman would preach, you know what? I just want to chill. Let the, let the guys work. <laughs> we do it opposite here. Let the guys do all the work. But I just do, do want to say a few words. A couple of years ago, I think it was two years ago on Mother's Day, I encouraged the women to pray for the fruit of, to declare that the fruit of your womb will serve the kingdom of God on the earth. That you you didn't do all that work to carry somebody for the devil's kingdom. That's just the way I put it for me. Like, I don't think so. Not even one day of your life is going to be given to the devil. So that's a declaration. But I wanted to also drop in your spirit today about not letting up. Not letting up. So in order for this to happen, you have to plant things inside of you that has a vision of what you see. And that's the vision you speak out of your mouth, no matter what is being displayed in front of you. So you have to have an image of what your family looks like for generations to come. We're talking 
thousands of years. Like he, the Bible talks about to a thousand generations, right? If you don't have kids and you don't plan to have kids or if you don't have kids as yet, this is for the guys too, but, you know, we're talking to the ladies here. You could also correct, the, the Bible says that he will make crooked things straight. So if you have a family structure that's dysfunctional, that you came out of that was dysfunctional, you could speak to that. You could see your family line, your entire family line be cleaned up. Somebody on the earth has to say something about it. And if you think about what you've been saying, you may have been reporting what a terrible family life you came out of. So nobody has corrected it with their words. Everybody is testifying about what a terrible family life they came out of. Do you see what I'm saying? You need to paint a different picture. This is what redemption is all about. This is what being redeemed is all about. So now that you are a brand new creation in Christ Jesus, you can rewrite history and plot the future. Because every person on this earth had a plan, has a plan of God written about them. And if they were living a dysfunctional life in sin, it means they never even touched the plan. So there is a plan in heaven that's perfect. And you can start saying that plan on this earth. And it is the blood of Jesus. It is the spirit of God. The spirit of God was able to correct a void and dark earth with two words from God. The entire universe was lit up. The spirit of God moved when two words were spoken from God. My question is, and you need to question yourself, how many words have you been speaking about life in your family? So I have a scripture you can start with, and then you can look for the rest. Psalm 138 and verse 8. Psalm 138 and verse 8, and it says, you could write this down, ladies. Guys, I'd suggest you jump on the bandwagon, you know. (laughs) The Lord will perfect that which concerns me. Your mercy, O Lord, endures forever. Do not forsake the works of your hand. Every human life on this earth was created by God. He had to put life in our bodies for us to be alive and living. We do not abandon them to the works of the enemy. And as family, it is our responsibility to take care of our line back and forward so as a human in this room who's redeemed by christ you can put in your in your spirit put in your imagination put in your vision in your heart what words you're going to start speaking about your family about your life about the legacy of the future of your life every time you talk about them So even if you're presenting a problem that is occurring, you are immediately following up with the crooked things being straightened out with your words. 
Amen. God does not work with complaining words. He works with words of vision. He says, I, he, gives us, he gave the children of Israel the promised land. He told them to go take it. He gave it to them, but they had to take it. And they decided to qualify themselves by saying they're grasshoppers and they cannot take it. You understand? They complained, and God called that complaint a wicked report. Our words are reports in heaven. So we decide what type of report we're going to be speaking. I believe the report of the Lord. So the report of the Lord has been written about every human. He, in Psalm 139, verse 16, he already wrote a book that we can live out the pages of. You just, if you don't even know, you say, Father, I speak that the book of my, whoever it is, their life be activated on this earth and they walk in every page of it. Quicken their steps that they can get caught up in where they should be. You see? So, so the, the, the devil is an expert at creating a mess. God is an expert at cleaning up his mess and making it look like it never happened. When God cleans up a mess, people it's so good that people think that if they didn't have that mess, the good things wouldn't have happened. That's not true. God just came in and made your life so straightened out that people can't believe the mess that you that you came out of but listen in the beginning you came out of good god is good he's the one that created you amen so don't accept the words that have been spoken over your family year after year decade after decade somebody has to break it and it might as well be you right if you don't have children of your own and you live in a neighborhood or you work somewhere where you hear about other people's kids and they're constantly complaining about them, intercede for that family line like they're your own. God just needs you. He needs a person here to talk. He just needs somebody. You know, you know I guess technically you're all my kids in the spirit. I'm the mama, I guess. But if I hear, if, when I hear you say something, uh i you know i correct you right don't i yeah because i always tell people you don't want me to agree with your bad you just don't want me to agree with the negative it's just gonna happen so fast you'll be down so i cut it off so i don't agree with it amen but i don't leave it there my when i speak to somebody i see them as the best they could be so sometimes i'm more engaged than i need to be half the time hanging out with them while they're going on and on and sometimes i just got god has to say like he did to samuel how long are you gonna mourn for saul but you know uh, <laughs> my point is that uh i do this for you i see what God could do for you. You don't even know that I do this for you. But I don't want to speak over you the things you think about yourself that God wouldn't think about you. Amen? God has planned. Imagine if every person in this room buckled down and asked every day, Father, show me your plan for today. What do you want me to do to affect the earth? What do you want me to write? What do you want me to say? Who do you want me to talk to? What could happen? What could happen? And you will be sowing seeds for your own family. 
When you affect another person's family, you are sowing seeds for your own family. So when the devil comes and says, I'm going to do this with your child, say, don't speak to me. You're, you're an unauthorized speaker. Yeah, start using strong words against the enemy. Don't, don't be, well, I hope someday they turn. No, they are going to come to the knowledge of Christ, even if they're saved, but they're living a life of fruitlessness. That's, on, that's a dead tree. Speak life to your children. Say they follow the faith. They follow faith. They have the knowledge of the word. They are walking by the spirit of God, not by their flesh. Amen? I think you got the message. <laughs> well, listen, we have gifts for you today, ladies. Take them and enjoy them and be creative with them. And uh, God bless you. <laughs> She's preaching part of my message. <laughs> Hallelujah. Are you glad to be here today? Yes. We're glad you're here today. And if you're visiting with us, we just say welcome to you. Good to have you. Hallelujah. Got to just share some things of the heart with you. Um, here are some uh, poems. This is uh, What Mother Means um, by uh, Carl uh, Fuchs, I think his name is. Mother is such a simple word, but to me there is meaning seldom heard. For everything I am today, my mother's love showed me the way. Amen? This is a mother's love by Anonymous. All the special joys in life, the big ones and the small, a mother's love and tenderness is the greatest of them all. These are like short little poems. Uh, You're My Mother by uh, Forrest uh, Houghton-Shill. You're my mother, I would have no other. (laughs) (laughs) this is uh mommy i love you by uh nicholas gordon mommy i love you for all that you do i'll kiss you and hug you because you love me too you feed me and need me to teach uh to teach you to play so smile because i love you on this mother's day and then uh, God created mothers by Holly uh, Gift- Giffers. When God created mothers, as lovely as can be, he made one uh, extra special and saved her just for me. This is a mother by uh, Sarah Malin. Thank God for the internet. Amen. <laughs> Your arms are always open when I needed a hug. Your heart understood when I needed a friend. Your gentle eyes were stern when I needed a lesson. Your strength and love has guided me and gives, gave me wings to fly. And, uh, you know, why are computers so smart? Because they listen to their motherboard. <laughs> and this is uh, Mother's Day by Carol Matthews. 
A mother loves right from the start. She holds her baby close to her heart. The bond that grows will never falter. Her love is so strong, it will never alter. A mother gives never-ending love. She never feels that she has given enough. For you, she will always do her best. Constantly working, there's no time to rest. A mother is there when things go wrong. A hug and a kiss to help along. Always there when we need to, uh, her near. So on this day, shower your mother with love. Gifts and presents are nice, but that is not enough. Give your mother a, uh, a day to have some peace of mind. Be gentle, be good, be helpful, be kind. Happy Mother's Day. And uh, what snack do astronauts' moms like the best? Mars bars. And uh, one more. What did the digital clock say to its mom? Look, mom, no hands. <laughs> it's good to smile in church, amen? Before we dismiss our kids to their classes, I want to read a portion of a scripture from Luke chapter 8. And starting with verse 1, Luke 8 and verse 1. It says, now it came to pass afterward that he went through every city and village preaching and bringing the glad tidings of the kingdom of God and the 12 were with him. Say, and the 12 were with him. So Jesus traveled with a group, right? Verse 2, and certain women who had been healed of evil spirits and infirmities. Everybody say healed. Yeah. All right. So they were touched by the power of God. Uh, Mary called Magdalene, out of whom uh, came seven devils. And Joanna, the wife of Chusa, Herod's steward. And Susanna and many others who provided for him from their substance. Everybody say they provided for him. They were contributors to the Jesus Evangelistic Association. Right? And uh, they had been touched by God. They had been touched by the power of God. You know, when you're touched by the power, you want to support the power source. Amen? Hallelujah. So you can give. Here at VCF, we don't pass a container, but you can give any time during the service. There's a container there by the bookstore, and as you came in, that's the seed planter. Uh, If you need to do a card, you can do it in the bookstore. If you're watching online, Thanks for watching, and you can do it through our website. And I just want to say, uh, Mom, I love you. I know she's watching, so happy Mother's Day. And uh, Heavenly Father, I give you thanks and praise for the givers and their gifts today. I call them blessed by you, blessed by your hand. Lord, let the blessings overflow them in the name of Jesus. And I thank you, Lord, that you will provide for them abundantly and richly, and they will have plenty. And I thank you, Lord, that you take care of your kids and you take care of those who support you in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Amen. All right, we're going to have our kids' life. Our kids, it's called Kids Living in Faith Every Day. Thank you for our teachers and volunteers. So kids, have a good class. Glory to God. Hallelujah.
Well, praise the Lord. Glad that you're here this morning. Happy, happy Mother's Day. Amen. You excited about Jesus? Hallelujah. Well, I want to talk to you today about how a mother is a carrier of life. You know, we have mail carriers, right? They carry the mail. We have aircraft carriers, right? They carry aircraft. And we have carriers of life, right? Uh, they're called mothers. And they've been equipped by God to carry a seed and to bring it forth. And many, many years ago, I was on a uh, crusade with my church from Illinois. Uh, I was just part of the church. And uh, God gave me a revelation on how faith is like pregnancy. And I shared it with the people there. And one black lady, she looked at me, she said, are you sure you've never been pregnant? And I said, I'm sure. <laughs> but you know, when you, get, when you get a revelation from God, it's, it's like you, you, you've studied the subject for years. And God just downloads information. I wasn't looking for it. I wasn't asking for it. God just showed me. But you know, faith is like pregnancy because every pregnancy begins with a seed. And that seed has to be planted. And for a person to be born, a seed has to be planted in the womb. Right? And just like a seed has to be planted in the womb, God's word is a seed. And it gets planted in our heart. Amen? And how many know that when a seed is planted, it begins to grow? Right? When a seed is planted in a womb, life begins at conception. Say that with me. Say, life begins at conception. Life doesn't begin when you come out of the womb. It starts in the womb. And when a woman is pregnant, there is a living human being on the inside of her that God designed fearfully and wonderfully. And the, the planting of that seed comes in an atmosphere of love and intimacy. And it's a, it's a special union. And you know, the man plants the seed, and the woman can say, I don't need you anymore, I'll take care of the rest. <laughs> right? Just be sure to get me what I crave. <laughs> but women are so incredibly strong. Because for nine months, they carry that seed with them, and it's growing, and it's developing. And at a certain point, you can take pictures. Of what's on the inside. And when God's word is planted in a heart, when God puts his promise in you, a promise has been conceived on the inside of you, we could take a spiritual picture and we could see what that promise looks like as it's forming, growing, and developing. Right? But, you know, when a woman's pregnant, She's got to watch what she does. She can't lift certain things, right? She's got to watch what she eats. She can't eat certain things. And when, when you're filled with God's word, you can't say certain things like Dr. Fiona said. Negative words could ca cause you to abort the promise. 
it can cause you to disconnect from the power. Right? And, you know, a woman who's pregnant shouldn't drink alcohol. You should drink alcohol anyway, but that's another story. Right? Because you don't want to harm the baby you're eating for two. Right? Or three or four. But faith is like pregnancy. It begins with a seed. It gets planted in the heart. It starts to grow and develop. And then there comes a time for the birth. And when the birth is ready, there's a pain that starts to increase in increments. Right? They're called contractions. And the woman feels it. Right? And then the time comes for the birth. And right before the birth, there's a travail, there's a yearning, there's effort, and you've got to push it out. Sometimes we've got to push the promise out. We carry the promise, and there's a, there comes a time when that promise gets to get birth, it gets to be unveiled, it gets to be brought forth. You know, there was a certain time when God was going to bring Jesus to the earth. And there were certain things that had to happen for that to happen, for that to occur. There was a certain time, but when that time came, you know, you go through the labor, you go through the pain, you go through the travail, but then the birth happens, and then there's joy, hallelujah. Glory to God. Faith is like pregnancy. It's very similar on how it operates, how it functions. Amen? You know, God, he starts, he gives us the seed of life. Amen? And he gives us eternal life. There's natural life and there's eternal life. And uh, his seed was designed to multiply. You know, the Bible says that in the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and, and the Word was the life and the light of men. God gave life to us, so he gives us the seed of life. Go with me to John chapter 12. John chapter 12. And I'm going to get to a point today because the Lord has laid it on my heart that we're going to break the spirit of barrenness and infertility today. If you have been barren or infertile in your life, I'm not talking pregnancy. I'm talking in your spiritual life. I'm talking in your future. I'm talking in your finances. I'm talking if there's any area of barrenness or infertility, that's going to be broken tonight, today, and changed in the name of Jesus. Because I I had these two things and God kept bringing me back to that. So, you know, Father knows best. Amen. You know, I prepare as if it's all upon me, but I preach as if it's all upon God. And God, I tell God, Lord, if you want to change anything, anytime you go ahead, I'm just going to follow you. Amen. I'm a teacher. You know, I like to explain and and to uh, define and to give you examples. And uh, hallelujah. John chapter 12 and verse 24. Jesus himself was a seed. And uh, he was telling, he said, Most assuredly, I say to you, unless a grain of wheat 
falls into the ground and dies. Did you know that a seed alone remains alone? If you hold a pack of seeds in your hand, even though they are, they have the potential to become what they were designed to be, but if they're, if they're just in your hand, they're going to just remain a seed. A seed needs ground to multiply. You got to put a seed in the right ground in order for it to multiply. So Jesus said, unless a grain of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains alone, but if it dies, it produces much grain. Say, much grain. God wants to see you produce much in your life. He made his richest and best investment in you. And he wants to call on the fruitfulness of that seed. Amen. He gave us the most fruitful and powerful seed on the planet called Jesus Christ. And with that seed, he wants us to produce good things, great things, big things, wonderful things, incredible things. He wants you to take that seed and he wants you to let it grow and develop and bring it forth so that you can touch people, so that you can touch other lives. Why? Because just like a woman carries a seed, we are seed carriers of God. So Jesus had to die in order to bring fruit. How did God, God wanted a family. So what did he do? He planted a seed in the earth. His only begotten son. And his son had to die. His son had to connect with the ground. See, when the seed connects with the ground, it dies. But out of death explodes life. Because that seed breaks open and the DNA on the inside of that seed starts to develop, starts to grow. First the blade, then the ear, then the full corner of the ear. It has the ability to break through barriers, to overcome limits. You have the ability to break through barriers and to overcome limits. If something has stopped you in your life, you can break what has stopped you and you can break through. Hallelujah. And God gave us things to break through, which we're going to get into in just a minute. Then he said this. He who loves his life will lose it. If you love your natural life, if you love the life that you have in the world without Christ, if you love your natural, you're going to lose it. But if you lose your life for him... That's when you're going to find it. You know, some people say, I'm going to go to the beach to find myself. Or I'm going to go to the mountains to find myself. Or I'm going to go to the woods to find myself. You're not going to find yourself in the mountains or in the woods. You've got to find yourself in Christ. You try to find yourself in anything else, you'll never find yourself. He who loves his life will lose it, but he who hates his life in this world will keep it for eternal life. That's a good good trade, isn't it? If anyone serves me, let him follow me. For where I am, there my servant will be also. If anyone uh, serves me, uh, him my father will honor. Did you know that God honors those who serve him? God blesses those who serve him. 
God rewards those who serve him. Amen. And then uh, go with me to uh, Romans 5. Romans 5. The other seed that God gives us is the seed of love. Romans 5, 5. God gives us the seed of life. Jesus Christ gave his life for what? For you. He gave his life for this world. Why? That was the only way that the sin problem could be dealt with. That was the only way that sin could be taken away. A pure, spotless lamb had to sacrifice his life on behalf of others. But Romans 5, 5, it says, Now hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. So what did God do? God put his seed of love inside of our hearts. Other translations say his love is shed abroad in our hearts. You know, God wants us to love others like he loves us. But how can I do that? With my own love, I'm incapable. So he gives us his love. He puts his love in us. And that enables us to love others like he loves. Because guess what? If you can't love, you can't believe. Because faith works by love. Amen? So God gives us the seed of life and the seed of love. Right? Love comes, say, love comes from God. Did you know that love is a fruit? You know what a fruit has in it? Seed. You know what that seed does? It multiplies. You know, if you plant one apple tree, you take a seed of an apple, right? You put it in the ground, and it grows, it develops, it changes, and it sprouts, Right? Now, do you get one apple on that tree? You get multiple apples. And every apple on that tree has a seed in it. That's how God designed it. God designed his kingdom to increase by seeds. Right? He told Adam and Eve, I've given you every seed-bearing plant and every seed-bearing tree as food. Why? Because if you eat the food, you can plant the seed and get more food. Isn't God smart? Hallelujah. He thought of it. Amen? So he puts the love in us. You know, when Moses was born, he was born in an atmosphere of slavery. And there was a ruler of Egypt who didn't even know who Joseph was. I guess he failed history class. Because if you took history in Egypt, I'm sure that they wrote about Joseph because he saved the nation. And something about this baby, you know, because at the time Moses was born, there was a law that said every male child was to be killed. But God said, I'm going to plant a seed of deliverance into my people to break them out of to break the slavery to break the bonds and to set them free 
And the seed was Moses. He was born into a priestly family. And something about this baby caught the attention of his mama. You know, she looked at him, he looked back at her, and he said, she said, I love you, and she said, I'm going to protect you from the Egyptians. So she did what love does. She hid him for three months until she couldn't hide him anymore because the law said you were supposed to kill him. But how many know when God's laws go, I'm sorry, when man's laws go against God's laws, you don't have to obey man's laws. So she kept him safe. She kept him hidden for three months. Right? You know, sometimes God lets you hide until you're unveiling. Did you know that John the Baptist, he hid in the desert and he hid in the wilderness until the time came when he was to introduce the Savior. Maybe God has you in a place where not others see. He's hiding you. He's developing you. He's getting you ready for the unveiling. Then the time came when she couldn't hide him anymore. So she builds an ark like Noah, but a smaller version. And she puts this ark into the Nile River with crocodiles. And she puts her faith in God. She says, God, I give this child back to you. I'm going to sow him. You gave him to me, and I'm sowing him to you. And... She covered the ark, pushed it down the river, and the current took that ark. And then his sister, uh, Miriam, yeah, I lost her name for just a minute. She was a tambourine player. This is before her tambourine days. So she watched where the ark ended up. That was a step of faith from Moses' mother. And it just so happened, see, God doesn't do things by coincidence. He does things by design. It just so happened that Pharaoh's daughter was bathing. And Miriam's watching. She's seeing the ark float by. And there is Pharaoh's daughter. She opens up the basket and she sees the baby and that, that, that liking just grabbed a hold of her. And, and his name means Moses taken up out of the water. And she took him to herself and raised him as her, he was raised in the palace. He was raised in royalty. He was raised with a kingly education. He was trained. He wore the best. He ate the best. He lived in the best. But yet he was a seed. That God had planted. And he looked just like everybody else. He became son of Pharaoh's daughter. But yet, on the inside of him was the deliverer. And his time will come. But see, if if Moses' mama, thank God for the mamas. She was the one that took that step of faith. It's like Abraham, you know, when he sacrificed Isaac, he didn't tell Sarah. That that might have started some issues, amen? (laughs) You don't tell a mama that you're going to harm their child. Uh Uh-uh. Mama bear. (laughs) 
Because of that act of faith, Moses grew. Then he had an encounter with God, and he ended up delivering the people. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. And then go to Galatians chapter 4. God gives us the seed of life. He gives us the seed of love. And he gives us the seed of his spirit. Did you know that God put a fire seed on the inside of you? What coal is to a locomotive, the Holy Ghost is to a Christian life. If you want to keep going down on the right track, you've got to keep feeding the flame. Amen? How do you feed the flame? You, you, you digest spiritual things. That's how you feed the flame. Right? The Word of God is the coal. Keep shoveling in, shoveling it in, shoveling it in. And it burns hotter, it burns brighter, and you go faster, and you move through obstacles. Hallelujah. We got some locomotive Christians. Galatians chapter 4 and verse 6, it says this. And because you are sons, that's a position, not a gender. So it includes everybody. Because you are sons, God has sent forth the spirit of his son into your hearts, crying out, Abba, Father. Say, I have the spirit of God's son in me. And and because his spirit is in you, you can cry, Daddy, God. You can cry, Abba, Father. That's what it means. Abba means Daddy. You have the opportunity and the privilege to go into the throne room anytime you want and to sit on your daddy's lap. You can sit on the Almighty's lap. You can sit on the Creator's lap. You and Him can talk and discuss things. Why? We have access to the throne room. And God says, uh, I'll never turn you away. Right? All who come to me, I will never turn away. So we got the seed of faith, we got the seed of love, and we got the seed of the Holy Spirit. Amen? Now we're going to destroy the spirit of barrenness and infertility in a person's life. You know, God destroys things by seeds. Go with me to Exodus chapter 23. Exodus 23. You know, if you're experiencing lack in your life, you know how to get out of lack? Give us, sow a seed. Um, before you, I'm, I'm just going to tell you about Elijah, but I want you still to go to Exodus 23. We're going to look at Exodus 23, 23. You know, there was a, a famine in the land because of Elijah. He pronounced the famine, right? He says, it's not going to rain except at my word. And for three years, it didn't rain. Right? And God provided for Elijah in a famine. Say, God provided for him in a famine. If God can provide for his man of God in a famine, he can provide for you in any economy. He can provide for you in any circumstance. Okay? But there was a widow who was about to experience barrenness. She had enough in her kitchen cupboard to make two pancakes. She had enough flour to make two cakes. And when God sent Elijah to Zarephath, he said, I have commanded a widow to sustain you and provide for you. How many know what God's commands happens? 
And so, make a long story short, Elijah made his way to Zarephath following the word of God. And he went there and he, he saw the widow. He asked for some water, which is amazing because they're in the midst of a famine. <laughs> Right? But when, when God says, I'll commit, go there, that's where the provision is. You can go there confident. Yes. And you can ask for water because God's your provider. Yes. If He can bring water out of a rock, a rock in the wilderness, what can He do for you? So, Elijah says, um, before you bring me my water, make me a cake. I'm kind of hungry. And the woman said, I only have two cakes, one for me and one for my son. She was a widow. So she said, I'm going to make these two cakes. I'm going to die. That's barren. When, you, when all you have is two cakes and that's it, and you're in the midst of the famine, your crops aren't growing, the, the ground is dry, there's no sustenance to sustain you. How are you going to get out of that situation? How are you going to break the spirit of barrenness and infertility? You've got to do it with a seed. So, Elijah paints a picture. Dr. Fiona talked about changing the picture with your words. He painted a picture of provision. He said, if you give to me first, he said, God will take care of you. And this woman perceived that she, he was a man of God, right? So what did she do? She took the two, out of the two cakes that all she had, she gave one to the prophet, putting God first, right? And what happened when she did that, she broke the spirit of barrenness and infertility in her life. Why? What happened? He and she and her son ate for many days. Why? God multiplied the meal. You need a meal multiplied? God's a meal multiplier. He can turn a two-piece fish dinner with some hush puppies to feed thousands. Amen? Why? God's a meal multiplier. But here's the thing. <laughs> If you want the meal to multiply, you got to get it into his hands. It's not going to multiply because he's the good ground. You can't hold on to it. Holding on to it is not the good ground. That will produce unproductivity. you got to give it. Amen? Okay, Exodus 23, 23. Are you here today? He said, for my angel will go before you and bring you into the Amorites, the Hittites, the Perizzites, the Canaanites, the Hivites, and all the Jebusites, and all, every other ite. And I will cut them off. Whoo! God will cut off the ites in your life. You shall not bow down to their gods, nor serve them, nor do according to their works, but you shall utterly overthrow them and completely break down their sacred pillars. So you dwell, so you shall serve the Lord your God, and he will bless your bread. So he'll bless my bread. And he said, and your water, and I will take sickness away from the midst of you, now no one shall suffer miscarriage or be barren in your land. I will fulfill the number of your days. God wants, you got some days to fulfill. And God wants to fulfill the number of your days. Your days have been written in a book. And whether or not you fulfill them, that's up to you. You got to believe that with long life, God will satisfy you. Brother Hagin would say, with long life, he will satisfy me. He said, whoa, he said, I'm not satisfied yet. 
He would do that. He'd kick his leg up there. He'd get excited. And when, when Brother Hagin sometimes, he would dance, he'd go backwards like this. <laughs> and you knew the Spirit of God was about to move. He, he started to go, choo, choo, choo. you know that something was about to hit when that was happening. You know, the Spirit of God likes to hit places. God says he's going to bless your bread. He's going to bless your water. He's going to take sickness away from you. And you will not experience barrenness. Say, I will not experience barrenness in my life. Why? Because God promised it in his word. Is the Bible true? Did God write this in his word? Hallelujah. Amen. All right. Now, how is he going to do this? Uh, go, go to um, Psalm 113. Psalm 113, verse 9. Hallelujah. I'm going to give you some keys on how he's going to do this. Because our God's a good God. You're about to get propelled into productivity today. Your life might have been unfruitful because of abuse. God's about to change the chapter. He's about to write a new story in your life in the name of Jesus. He's about to restore what the devil has stolen. When David was living in Ziklag, the enemy came in. He stole uh, the women. He stole the children. He burned the houses. And David and his men, they came back and they saw that the, the barrenness was left. The burnt houses, the families were gone. They were distraught. They were despair. The, David's own men felt like stoning him. So David, he encouraged himself in the Lord. Sometimes you got to encourage yourself in the Lord. If no one's around you to encourage you, the Lord is your encourager. And he said, shall I pursue and and will I overtake and recover? And God says, pursue and you'll recover all. Hallelujah. So I'm going to recover all. If you've experienced a loss in life, you're going to recover. If you've experienced a heartache, you're going to recover today. You're in the recovery room today. The operation has already been performed. It happened on the cross. That's where the blood was shed. That's where the surgery was done. That's where the curse was broken. The curse doesn't have to be broken anymore. It's already been broken. You just got to enforce his defeat. How do you enforce the curse's defeat? Speak the blessing. Speak the blessing. Psalm 113 verse 9. Hallelujah. It's about to get hot in here. Oh, my goodness. He grants the barren woman a home like a joyful mother of children. Barrenness brings sadness, but the Lord overcomes sadness with joy. He will turn your mourning into dancing in a moment. Some of you just need to get up out of your seat and move your feet. Hallelujah. How do I do that? Take one step. Amen? Amen. See, here's what happens. Religion glues you to the seat. <laughs> one time I saw a Little Rascals episode. How many remember the old, the good, the original Little Rascals? Spanky, 
was in charge of babysitting all these babies, right? And there was like 20 of them. And they kept getting up, kept getting up. So you know what he did? He glued them to their seats. <laughs> he came up with this idea and all the kids were glued to their, their uh, high chairs. <laughs> the devil wants you to glue you to your chair, but God wants you to move in the name of Jesus. Why? Because you're free in this place. If you can't move, you need a dip, a double dip. Because, listen, when I first started preaching, the only time I stood still when I preached was in lab class in Bible school. And uh, all the moisture left my mouth. I don't know where it went. It was like the Sahara Desert on my tongue. And I only had to preach for 10 minutes. I certainly overcame that. <laughs> I, I, I hear some thoughts. Go back to those days, Pastor. Go back to those days. I'm not going back. I'm going forward. <laughs> but yeah, so lab class, that was the only time I stood like my feet were in a wash tub. I didn't move. And you know what? Moving while you preach is more fun. So thank God for wireless mics. Hallelujah. I'm just saying that when God comes into your life, you can't stand still. You can't be silent. You can't have a sourpuss look on your face anymore. God doesn't baptize people in lemon juice. He baptizes them in water and fire. Yes. Hallelujah. Amen. All right? How are we going to break the spirit of barrenness and infertility? We need, the, we need the prayer and the power of God. Hannah was a woman married to Elkanah. He was also married to another woman. Oh. You're a fool if you you think you can keep two women happy. God never meant for you to have more than one. Amen? So, anyway, Elkanah had these two wives. Hannah, he loved. And then this other girl started her name with a P. I don't want to say it right now. Well... This other girl got pregnant, and she gave birth, and she was provoking Hannah. I got a baby. You don't. You know, because barrenness will mock you. Barrenness will provoke you. Being unproductive and unfruitful in your life, it's like a curse. It brings you down. So Hannah had enough. And she's like, I'm going to go to God. I'm going to go to the highest authority in the land. 1 Samuel 1.10. She began to pray to God. And her prayer was so intense. Her, her, she was praying, but her mouth, wasn't, her mouth was moving, but no sound was coming out. Now, Eli was there, and Eli could hardly see. He was, dull. He was the priest who was dull to spiritual matters. God help you if you're, if you're with a priest that's dull. I'm not one of those. I've been cured of dullness. 
Because I got some fire in me. Amen. Amen. And, uh, you know, Eli looked at her and he thought she was drunk. She said, no, I'm not drunk. I'm in travail. I'm praying. And you know what? God heard her prayer. And the power of God. Her prayer connected with the power of God. And what happened? The next year, Samuel was born. When you don't have what you want, you can ask God to make it for you. And he will. Because he's a creator. Right? You can read that First Samuel 1.10. It lists her prayer there. But she prayed. She got in touch with the power of God. And that changed her situation. She went from barrenness to blessedness. Amen? And then, then, because she, God gave her a son, she gave her son to God. See, you gotta stay connected to God. You gotta, you gotta have God in the center of your life. He's gotta be the most important person in your life. God's schedule overtakes any other schedule. Put the kingdom of God first. Everybody say first. First. It's got to be first. Number one, top priority is the kingdom of God. What does the king want? That's the number one priority. Anything else is secondary. Hannah put God first. She got a child. She, She broke barrenness through prayer and the power of God. She broke it and you can break it too. Can you pray? Can you connect with the power of God? Then you can change your situation. Amen? Go to Genesis 25. Genesis 25. I want you to see this. Hallelujah. Genesis 25. And we're going to go down to verse uh, 21. Well, let's look at verse 20. Genesis 25, verse 20. Isaac was 40 years old when he took Rebekah as a wife. (laughs) 40 is not too late. Amen? And uh, the daughter of Bethuel, the Syrian of Padan Aram, the sister of Laban, the Syrian. Now, Isaac pleaded with the Lord for his wife because she was barren and the Lord granted his plea. What did he do? He prayed for his wife. Husbands, if you want to see some changes, pray. Wives, if you want to see some changes, pray. Amen? Anytime that Dr. Fiona needed Doug to change, she prayed. She's like, you better go and hear from God or something. And I did. I'd hear from God. Amen? God is amazing. He will talk to you. He will help you in life. Isaac loved Rebecca from the, he, it was, uh, love at first sight. She got off the camel. Abraham gave her ten camels. She got off the camel and Isaac was like, who is that? I mean, there was an instant attraction. So he loved her, but she was barren. But she said, we got a solution for that. Amen. He prayed. God heard her prayer. God heard his prayer. Amen. Hallelujah. She broke the spirit of barrenness. 
He prayed for his wife because she was bad. And the Lord granted his plea and Rebecca conceived. Hallelujah. See, the Lord wants you to conceive in life. You know, you got to conceive his plan in your life. Too many people are wandering around wondering what they should do. But you got to get God's plan for your life. Amen? Hallelujah. Pardon me. All right. Hallelujah. Okay. Um, go to Genesis twenty nine thirty one. Twenty nine thirty one. Notice what the Bible says. Genesis 29, verse 31. When the Lord saw that Leah was unloved, he opened her womb, but Rachel was barren. Everybody say unloved. When there's an atmosphere that lacks love, it's going to produce barrenness. When you don't have a love for God, when you don't have a love for people, You're going to be barren in your spiritual life because love is a fruit that is designed to produce and multiply. Guess what? God saw that she was unloved. See, if you're mistreating your wife, God knows it. And he'll deal with it. He'll deal with the head. Amen? Why wasn't Leah being loved? It was Jacob. You know, Jacob loved Rachel, right? He wanted Rachel. He didn't want Rebecca. Rebecca had some dim eyes. I don't know what that meant, but her eyes weren't appealing to him. Leah. Or Leah, Leah, I'm sorry. Yes. Thank you. Leah's eyes weren't appealing. But he ended up with Leah. So husbands, love your wives how? As Christ loves the church. Say, as Christ loves the church. Christ loves the church. All right. Glory to God. So, if you want to change your barrenness, increase your love. Increase the love of God. How do you increase the love of God? Meditate on His love. Meditate on how He loves you. Amen? Didn't He write about love in His book? 1 Corinthians 13. Oh, that's almost a whole chapter. Right? You You want to know about love? Meditate on love. Stir that up on the inside of you. All right? In order to break barrenness, God will hook you up with a divine connection like he did with Ruth. She was a Moabitess. She was outside the covenant of God. How did she, how did she get in? There was a famine in the land. So Naomi and her husband moved to Moab because there wasn't a famine in Moab. And while they were there, their sons met Moabitess wives. They got married. Naomi's husband died. Her two sons died. She was distraught. She was distressed. She was upset. She was heartbroken. She was bitter. She changed her name to bitterness. When you change your name to bitterness, you got some issues. But yet, Ruth saw past the bitterness. And Naomi said, you girls go, you go find some husbands, you stay here. And Ruth says, no, 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 where you go, I go. Where you're God, my God. Where you live, I'm living. And she committed her heart to God by serving her bitter mother-in-law. Now, not every mother-in-law is bitter, but Naomi was. Right? And Ruth was serving her mother-in-law, helping her, honoring her. 
working for her. And God gave Ruth a divine connection in the form of a Boaz, a rich landowner who was also a kinsman redeemer, who also uh, redeemed the land that Naomi's family had. Hallelujah. And when Ruth and Boaz got together, they had a son named Obed, who had a son named Jesse, who had a son named David. She went from being a Moabitess into the royal family line. Why? Everybody say divine connection. You know, the devil will connect you with people to bring you down. God will connect you with people to bring you up. Which would you rather do, go up or down? That means you got to be with the right people. People will take you up or they'll take you down. Right? So God will give you a divine connection. And he'll, he'll break the spirit of barrenness with blessings and abundance. Hallelujah. Judges 13.3. Samson's mom. She had a divine appearance of the angel of the Lord. And the angel of the Lord said to her, let me just read it. Judges 13.3. The angel of the Lord appeared to the woman and said to her, Behold, you are infertile and have no children, but... Everybody say, but. When God butts in, he's about to do something. God God taps you on the shoulder when you're in the midst of mess, when you're in the midst of mistake, when you're in the midst of sin. He taps you on the shoulder and says, i got something better. It's about to turn around in your life. Things are about to change in your life. But you shall have a son. Hallelujah. You shall conceive and give birth to a son. So what's going to break barrenness? The presence of the Lord. The presence of the Lord. What's in the presence of the Lord? Joy. Fullness of joy. Pleasure. Incredible things. Can you get in the presence of the Lord anytime, anyplace, anywhere? Yes. Amen? It's good to be in a place like this. You can get in the presence of the Lord. But what about when you're at home? Can you get in the presence of the Lord when you're all alone? Can you get in the presence of the Lord while you're driving your car? Yeah, just be careful. Keep your eyes on the road. You can, every believer can come boldly before the throne of grace to obtain mercy and find grace in the time of need. Amen? Amen. So, uh, increase of love, prayer, and the power of God, divine connection, the presence of God. Go to Amos chapter 9, Amos chapter 9, and verse 13. Amos, a minor prophet, he was a shepherd. Amos 9, verse 13. Hallelujah. Behold, the days are coming. Say, that day is here. Why? Because faith is now. When the plowman shall overtake the one who gathers the harvest. <laughs> you're, you're there reaping your harvest, and right behind you they're plowing the field. Okay? And he says this. The one who treads the grapes shall overtake him who sows the seed. So you're picking the grapes, getting ready to make some grape juice, and you got seed being planted right behind you. 
Everybody say an acceleration of increase. And uh, when the mountains will drip sweet wine and the hills shall melt, that, that is everything that was once barren will overflow. This is the Amplified. Will overflow with streams of blessing. Hallelujah. God turns barrenness into a blessing. So the abundance of God breaks the spirit of barrenness in the name of Jesus. What's the, what's the good news to the poor? You don't have to be poor no more. I mean, think about it. What's good news to the poor? Other than you don't have to be poor. Jesus became rich, or he became poor so that we could become rich. That's Second Corinthians chapter 8. Everybody say the abundance of God. Is there anything that God lacks? Is there anything that, uh, you know, God has no shortage, he has no uh, supply chain issues. He can get it to you directly from heaven. Quicker than Amazon can get a package to your door. Amen? But when you're connected to God, you've got sources of supply. He can bring water out of a rock in the wilderness. He can, he can send quail into the camp. Hallelujah. He can rain bread from heaven. Glory to God. The abundance of God. What kind of life did Jesus came to give us? The thief comes not but to steal, kill, destroy. But I've come that you might have life and have it what? Everybody say more abundantly. Say more abundantly. Say more abundantly. Is that a good word? That's the kind of life you can have. That's the kind of life that Jesus came to give. Amen? Brother Hagin would say, he, he doesn't want you living on barely get along street next to Grumble Alley. Amen? You can lack no good. God will provide. He, the Lord is my somewhat so-so shepherd. What kind of shepherd is he? And I shall not... I shall not want. Why? Because God is so good. He'll provide you with what you want. Amen? Go to Isaiah chapter 54. Isaiah 54. Hallelujah. We're almost done. Isaiah 54. Going too fast? I went past it. Look at verse 1. Sing, O barren. When you're barren, when you're missing something, when you're lacking something, when you're unproductive, do you feel like singing? No. Your body wants to complain. But what does the word say? Sing. Sing. Hallelujah. Sing, O barren. You who have not born, break forth into singing and cry. Listen, sometimes you've got to break through. Hallelujah. You may not feel like singing, but you say, oh, hallelujah. I praise the Lord. I give you glory and honor and praise. When you start, it's going to start to well up and it's going to start to build up and it's going to start to break through. Hallelujah. You got to start. He didn't say, he didn't say if you feel like singing. He said, sing, O barren. Sing when you're at the low point. Sing when you're in your darkest hour. Sing when it's the hardest. Sing when you're all alone and no one is around you. Sing. Start to break out in praise so that you can have a connection to God and His power can come on the scene. You who have not labored with child, 
For, for more are the children of the desolate than the children of the married woman, says the Lord. Hallelujah. So, joy. Joy. The other translation says, single bed, it says, shout for joy. Shout for joy. That's about five people that want joy. Shout for joy. Come on. Shout. You guys are laboring to shout. Shout for joy. Hallelujah. Didn't you feel joy just come? Shout for joy. Didn't say shout from joy. It says shout for joy because the shout brings the joy to you. Shout. 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 Shout yourself out. Shout yourself out. When Paul and Silas, when they were in prison, did they whisper a sweet lullaby? No, the Bible says the other prisoners heard them. Well, how can they hear you if you're silent? God doesn't want you to be silent. Hallelujah. There's a shout going on right here, right now. Hallelujah. There's a shout. There's a shout. Don't hold it back. Hallelujah. Glory to God. The shout brings joy. The shout makes the walls fall. The shout opens up possibilities. Hallelujah. We got to get a couple. We, we shout for our team. Amen. We ought to be able to shout for Jesus. Hallelujah. Shout! Hallelujah. 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 Then finally, what's going to cure barrenness? The Word and the Holy Spirit. God appeared to a virgin named Mary. And she was called to birth a Savior. But this birthing was going to be by unconventional means. And when the angel was talking to Mary, she said, how is this thing going to be? Because I only know one way that a baby can be born, and I haven't known a man yet. Right? I haven't had that seed planted in me. <laughs> the, whole, the power of the highest will overshadow you and the Holy Ghost will come upon you and you will conceive and you will give birth to a son and you will name him Jesus. Supernatural conception. God mingled with the Holy Spirit and power. The word and the power. She said, be it according to me as you said. Your word. Ever say the word and power. When you get a hold of God's word and his power together, you will break out of barrenness, any type of barrenness in your life. Some of you 
Some people are living unproductive Christian lives because you don't honor God like you should. You don't tithe. You don't give. You don't fellowship. It's time to change that. Amen. God's got so much more for you. My life changed when I met Jesus. Instead of going to sleep in church, I I started running in church. I started shouting in church. I started raising my hands in church. Amen. Hallelujah. I I fell down in church, not not because I tripped. It's because the power got me down. Amen. When I got saved, when I said Jesus come into my life, I was I felt something like a wind just go. I mean, it my my hands were up. I couldn't keep. They were shaking like this. I ended up on the floor. With a, and I got up with a smile on my face. But God came into my life in such a powerful way. And when he called me to preach, I dedicated my life to his call. Amen? Because I'm, I'm breaking barrenness in my life. Amen? You, you could have been married for 20 years. And maybe the 20 years were so-so. But you can, have, you can change your so-so into ooh-la-la. Some of you need some ooh-la-la. But that's going to require you to change your behavior, change the way you think, change the way you speak, change the way you treat. It's never too late. Look at your neighbor and say, it's never too late. I'm telling you, Abraham and Sarah had a fire kindled in their hearts, 100 years old, 90 years old, something kindled in their heart. It wasn't an immaculate conception. The power of God caused Abraham to regain the twinkle in his eye. And he said, hey, Sarah, baby. And she said, hey, Amy, baby. And they couldn't have kids. But then after Sarah had Isaac, Abraham, and she died, Abraham got married. He had six other kids. The anointing is strong with you, Abraham. How many would like to change their so-so experience into the ooh-la-la experience? Amen? Maybe your Christian walk needs a boost. Amen? Maybe Maybe God's been here and you've been way over here. You know, the further you get away from the fire, the colder you get. But in order to warm up, you know, the fire is not going to come to you. You got to go to where the fire is. <sighs> Ooh, that feels good. Give me a marshmallow. <laughs> and some chocolate and a graham cracker. <laughs> some of you have been barren in your spiritual life because you aren't walking as close with God as you could be. But you know what? You don't have to walk so far away. He wants you to take his hand. And he wants you to walk with him through life. Amen? You know, Gideon said, God, if you're the great God that I read about, where are all the miracles? Right? And God turned to Gideon and he said, you're going to save 
Israel in your strength, O mighty man of valor. He didn't know that the miracle was in himself. I'm, I'm from the smallest tribe. I'm the smallest of my family. Yeah, but when you get something small into God's hands, it becomes big. It has big effects. It has big results. Amen? Let's break the spirit of barrenness and infertility in our lives today. Stand to your feet in the name of Jesus. First of all, number one, you, you got to rekindle the fire. If you have known God, but you haven't walked with God, you need to repent and come back to God. Draw near to God and he will draw near to you. And here's the good thing. His goodness goes before you and leads you to repentance. God's goodness, he lays out a red carpet of goodness before you. And he says, you can walk along the red carpet. Amen. It's the goodness of God that brings people to repentance. You need to, you need to change the barrenness of your Christian walk. Then you need to change the barrenness of any broken body. Amen. Healing cures the body. Anything that's broken, anything that's not working, God, God has a health plan. It's called by his stripes, you are healed. Any ailment. The Bible said he'll, he'll bless your bread, he'll bless your water, and he'll what? Take sickness away from you. If he takes it away, you don't have it anymore. Amen? And then you need to break the barrenness of your spiritual life. You need the fire of the Holy Ghost. So if that's any of you, I want you to come up right now. I want you to be bold. I want you to be brave in the name of Jesus. You don't have to be afraid. We're here to help you.